Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. If you're fascinated by the darker sides of humanity, join us every week on our podcast, Serial Killers, where we go deep into notorious true crime cases. With significant research and careful analysis, we examine the psyche of a killer, their motives and targets, and law enforcement's pursuit to stop their spree. Follow Serial Killers wherever you get your podcasts and get new episodes every Monday. Hello, I'm Blair Bathory, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Whether this is your first time or you're one of the brave souls who join us every week. Before we get started, I wanted to take a minute to thank all of our patrons for joining us to help Something Scary do all the things that we do. It's not easy being dependent on ads, and we are so grateful for everyone who chooses to join on Patreon and help us keep bringing you weekly episodes. Go to patreon.com snarled to join the Something Scary community. You'll be happy and scared that you did. Throughout our childhoods, many of us have had special toys or dolls that brought us joy and companionship. However, in rare instances, some of these playthings seem to be more than that. They possess an eerie aura hinting at a darker presence lurking within their innocent exteriors. Beware of the toys with the malevolent souls, because if you're not careful, they will take you down with them. First, tortured by guilt, followed by one terrible mistake. Then, horror in your own backyard. Finally, in our featured story, possessed by evil. So... Wanna hear something scary? Flesh and plastic. Sometimes it's the memory of a lost loved one that will kill you. Like in this story inspired by Christopher Barron. Izzy, a college student, suffered terribly from reoccurring nightmares that prevented him from getting a good night's sleep. In these terrifying dreams, a baby doll once owned by his little sister, Julia, would beckon him to come and play. Tragically, Julia had been kidnapped and murdered at the age of nine, leaving behind only the doll until her body was discovered days later. The doll continued to haunt Izzy every night, even though it had disappeared long ago. 
One Saturday morning, Izzy was abruptly awakened by a knock on his dorm room door. The resident advisor handed him a package. Excitedly, he opened it and was shocked by what he found inside. A pair of old, dirty plastic doll legs and a piece of folded paper with a chilling message. Play with us. On the reverse side of the paper was a crudely drawn map. Although the trail on the map was unclear, it featured the names of several local locations with an X marking a small wooden area. Izzy believed that following the map might help put an end to his nightmares. He knew he needed to embark on the journey right away, even though the area seemed eerie and foreboding despite broad daylight. As Izzy progressed, his anxiety grew. He stumbled upon a tree with the words, play with us, carved into its trunk. At the base of the tree, he discovered a doll arm clutching another map. Izzy recognized the place marked on his new scrap of paper. It was an old apartment complex where he and Julia had once lived as children. When he arrived at the building, it appeared abandoned. Despite it being boarded up with keep out signs all around, he felt compelled to enter. Making his way through a broken window, he instinctively headed to their old apartment. Their apartment was on the floor above and every other floor was closed except theirs. He pushed open cautiously and to his alarm, he saw the same message, play with us, written prominently on the wall. Resting against the wall beneath the words was another doll arm and another map. This time, the map indicated an old playground where Izzy and Julia used to play, the very place she had gone missing. Reluctantly, he proceeded and suddenly heard the distant sound of a child's laugh. Not wanting to investigate further, he quickly left the building catching a glimpse of what seemed like a small silhouette in the window. But Izzy was determined to push through his fear and continue. The playground had undergone some changes, but it still bore resemblance to its past. Strangely, there was no one around. His eyes fixed on a small hill at the edge of the playground, where he spotted the old bench where he had last seen Julia. As he approached, his horror intensified. On the bench was an old porcelain doll's head, cracked and missing an eye. The same message, play with us, was inscribed on the seat. Beneath the doll's head, there was yet another map, this time with a clear trail. The path led to a remote area that gradually became more and more rural. Eventually, Izzy reached a point where there was no road left to follow. He parked his car and examined the map, ice growing in his chest. The top half of the map had impossibly vanished, replaced by the words, keep going. Ahead, he noticed a road aligning with the pathway on the map, leading to a small body of water. The surroundings filled Izzy with dread. It was a dark, swamp-like area. At the shore, he found a small boat with the words, come play with us, carved into its back. Despite his fear, he climbed onto the boat again and began rowing forward following the map's instructions. Eventually, he arrived at the small island and spotted a shack in the distance. As he approached, he realized the shack was covered in dolls, old, broken, and some in a state of decay. It was then that he understood. He had been led to La Ala de las Manecas, the island of the dolls. Fear had prevented him from recognizing the truth 
until he found himself surrounded by forgotten toys. Panic set in, and Izzy tried to run, but dolls blocked his path in every direction. No matter where he turned, more appeared and seemingly staring at him. Desperate, he changed his route, only to encounter even more of the inanimate objects. Regardless of his efforts, the dolls seemed to multiply endlessly. Suddenly, they started pointing towards the shack. Confused and sensing defeat, Izzy reluctantly pushed open the door. As he crossed the threshold, it slammed shut, trapping Izzy inside. Frantically, he tried to open it, but it wouldn't budge. A childlike voice echoed from behind him, saying, Hello, brother. Izzy turned to face the source of the voice. Julia's old doll, now in human form and stature. It's been so long, Izzy. I've missed you. I wanted to give you something, the doll said. Izzy was speechless, overwhelmed by shock. The doll extended something toward Izzy, and his eyes widened. Trembling with fear, he recognized the action figure, one he cherished when his parents gave it to him for his ninth birthday. He remembered carrying it with him everywhere and the distress he felt when he lost it, as well as the anger he experienced when he saw his sister holding the broken pieces. Then he remembered grabbing her and dragging her away from the playground. Similar events had happened to other children who had owned the same action figure. Overwhelmed by guilt, fear, and regret, Izzy collapsed to the floor. He knew he deserved the torment that awaited him. The dolls closed in on, and though terrified, he remained motionless. He understood that they represented the children who'd been cruelly taken away from the world out of anger. Just before everything went dark, he glanced up to see Julia's doll gazing at him. Now we will get to play forever. Have you ever been plagued by nightmares? Did those nightmares end up coming to fruition in your everyday life? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. It doesn't matter if you have great attention to detail. A single misstep can undo all the previous good you've done. Like in this story inspired by Beth. Phoebe was a bright and curious child who loved her dolls. Her collection was so extensive, she couldn't always take them all with her. They filled her room, some on her bed, some stuffed in boxes. 
Others stayed in dollhouses and the collectible ones in boxes on shelves. She always had one doll with her at all times. She used to rotate them out. That was until her eighth birthday. On that special day, her mother decided to surprise her with a beautiful china doll, one that had been missing from her collection. The moment Phoebe set her eyes on the ornate toy, she instantly fell in love and named it Lily. From that day forward, Phoebe carried Lily with her everywhere she went. They were inseparable companions, and Phoebe would spend hours playing with her beloved, favorite doll. Lily had porcelain skin, lustrous hair, and an elegant dress that made her look like a delicate princess. One sunny afternoon, while Phoebe was exploring the depths of her home, she found herself in the basement. She was engrossed in her imaginative play, having a party with Lily among the stacks of old boxes and forgotten items. As she arranged her tea set, Phoebe heard her mother's voice drifting down the stairs, calling her for pasta, her favorite dinner. Excitement surged through Phoebe's small frame. She abandoned her toys, even leaving Lily behind in her haste. Racing up the stairs, she joined her parents at the dinner table, eager to satisfy her hunger. The joyous meal filled the air with laughter and conversation, making the forgotten doll fade from Phoebe's thoughts. Later that evening, as the moon ascended high into the night sky, Phoebe climbed into her cozy bed. She snuggled under the covers, preparing to drift off to sleep. However, the moment her eyes closed, a chilling nightmare took hold of her mind. Phoebe found herself in a pitch black room, unable to see anything around her. An eerie song echoed through the darkness, sending shivers down her spine. The haunting melody repeated itself, growing louder and more sinister with each verse. China doll in the basement, China doll on the stairs, China doll in the bedroom. Startled, Phoebe jolted awake, her heart pounding in her chest. A cold sweat coated her trembling body as she remembered her forgotten doll in the basement. Fear gripped her as she frantically rushed down the hallway to her parents' bedroom. She was greeted by a sight far worse than any nightmare. Her parents lay lifeless, their body covered in blood, an expression of terror etched upon their faces. Phoebe's scream caught in her throat as her gaze fell upon Lily, her once innocent and beautiful doll. Now its dress was smeared with crimson stains, its delicate hands gripping a bloody knife. Frozen with shock, Phoebe barely had time to react before a disembodied voice appearing to emanate from the doll whispered with a bone-chilling certainty. You're next. Paralyzed by fear, Phoebe's world plunged into darkness as she lost consciousness. When she awoke, she found herself lying in a sterile hospital bed, surrounded by concerned faces. Doctors and nurses tended to her, trying to reassure her that she had survived a terrible ordeal and that her parents' death were being investigated. As days turned into weeks, the memory of that horrific night haunted Phoebe's every waking moment. She couldn't shake that feeling that Lily, her once beloved doll, had somehow brought darkness into her life. The doll was nowhere to be found, but the scars left on Phoebe's soul were deep and undeniable. Of course, 
The case remained unsolved. There was no way the police would believe an inanimate toy had done it. Years passed, and Phoebe's life slowly regained some semblance of normalcy. However, the trauma never left her completely. She grew up with a deep-rooted fear of dolls and porcelain figures, haunted by the memory of that fateful night. To this day, Phoebe continues to warn others about the dangers of bringing objects into their lives without knowing their true nature. The innocent allure of a doll can disguise an evil force that waits to bring devastation into unsuspecting homes. She shares her story as a cautionary tale, hoping that no one else will suffer the same tragic fate she endured. And deep in the shadows, Lily, the China doll, waits, her porcelain face frozen in a sinister smile, until the next unsuspecting victim invites her into their lives, unaware of the malevolence lurking within her delicate exterior. Have you ever felt like a possession you've had was actually in control of you? Do you have any creepy stories of your doll retaliating? If so, send us an email and tell us your story at somethingscary@snarled.com. Sometimes the stories we make up about places in our hometowns are just that. And sometimes, no matter how creative those stories are, they can never be as scary as the truth. Like in this story written by Janine Pipe. Almost every neighborhood has one. The spooky house. The house you hurry past when you're on your own or try to act brave when passing by with others. And a house that will be the subject of many an urban legend and a game of truth or dare. We have one here in East Town, the Pearson House. It used to be the opposite of what it has become. Old Man Pearson was a toy maker, a real life Santa Claus. Before the incident, he would hand out small handmade gifts to the local children at Christmas. Small wooden soldiers, baby dolls, spinning tops. He and his wife, Mother Pearson, were the epitome of a generous spirit. Until little Tommy Lawrence went missing when he was in kindergarten. It was the kind of tragic event that could have brought people closer together. Bonding in their search and ever hopeful he would be found safe and sound but it didn't. Parents were paranoid and kept the rest of us kids locked up. We weren't allowed to go out and play. We could only go to school and back. Rumors started, shifting blame all over the place. Mr. Lawrence had been drinking and passed out, letting Tommy wander off. Mrs. Lawrence had been sneaking around and left Tommy home alone. Everyone pointed the finger at someone else, and before long, even the Pearsons weren't safe. Mother Pearson couldn't have kids, so whispers began that she had taken blue-eyed, blonde-haired Tommy for her. But he screamed and fought her, so she killed him and buried him in the yard. Suddenly, the kindly old couple who had selflessly made toys at Christmas for the neighborhood children for decades were cast out as child-stealing pariahs. Of course, there was no evidence they had done a thing, and the sheriff couldn't actually just dig up their yard, but the harm was done. Tommy was never found. His black and white missing posters remained on lampposts and notice boards, but they began to fade with time. 
occasionally, new ones appearing on holidays and anniversaries. There were other missing children too, but we didn't know them. There were six in total. It was sad, but it didn't seem as real. The upset and constant accusations had not been good for Mother Pearson's health. And before long, it was just the old man bitterly living alone in the rambling old house, letting his once beautiful home turn to rack and ruin. It was such a cliche, really, and made him the perfect target for Halloween pranks. We were freshmen in high school, too old for trick-or-treating, not cool enough to party, so that left messing around TPing houses and daring each other to do stupid stuff, like break into the Pearson house. Not only break in, but go into the basement, which was the old toy-making room, and take something as proof. There was only one of us dumb enough to actually go through with the dare, of course, me. Breaking into the house was easy, Mr. Pearson hadn't kept up with the maintenance in years, and the back door opened with just a couple of shoves. If I could have just taken a trinket from the den or kitchen, I would have been in and out in minutes, but it wasn't going to be that easy. I could hear loud snores coming from the upstairs bedroom, suggesting the man was in a deep slumber. I crept carefully towards the basement door, praying it wouldn't creak too much when we opened it. Surprisingly, luck was on my side again, and soon I was quietly padding down the steps and into the room that time had forgotten. There were shelves and shelves filled with toys. Not a huge surprise, considering how much the Pearsons had loved to give them out as gifts. I'd seen child's play, and part of me was praying Chucky wasn't going to be sitting amongst the handmade and dusty forgotten objects. It was pretty spooky to see all those black glass eyes staring at me row after row. And then I saw him, Tommy, little Tommy Lawrence. Only it couldn't be Tommy because that was impossible. My mind must have been playing tricks on me. There was no way a child who'd gone missing over 10 years ago had somehow been turned into a toddler-sized, extremely real-looking doll. And yet this toy? looked exactly like him and even had his bright blue eyes. Bright blue eyes just like the other five extremely real looking dolls, while every other toy had those shiny black marbles. In the end, the cops didn't charge me with breaking and entering or even theft because the Tommy doll I brought back as proof turned out not to be a doll at all. At least now the families can have some closure. They never did find Mr. Pearson, though. Strange, as he was definitely there when I broke in, and the Lawrences were having all that work done in their yard. Do you have a creepy house in your neighborhood? Have you ever been brave enough to knock on that person's front door? What kind of horrors do you think you'd find inside? In our final story, join my co-host Stephanie as she tells the tale of a scary Barbie, which is now animated and posted on youtube.com snarled. If you succumb to the whims of a malevolent force, you could find yourself both its instrument and its victim, facing dire consequences that extend far beyond the initial act of evil you committed. 
Sen was carrying her laundry down the dimly lit hallway, her thoughts preoccupied with her daughter, Sam. Ever since her accident, Sam had been acting very strangely. She had suffered amnesia after flipping over her bike's handlebars, and her daughter's usual bubbly behavior had taken a dark turn ever since. Suddenly, she stepped on something small and hard. Ouch! She yelped and dropped the basket to the floor. She clutched her foot in pain. Damn it! She snapped, her frustration evident in her voice. I told you kids not to leave your toys out. As she recovered from the initial pain, Sun looked around to see what toys she had stepped on. She picked up the object from the floor, a detached head from one of Sam's Barbie dolls. It was really worn out. Normally, the dolls were kept in pristine condition, but this one was different. Its eyes were eerily blacked out with nail polish, sending a shiver down Sun's spine. Feeling a sense of unease, Sun decided to keep the creepy doll head and put it in her pocket. She glanced into Sam's room. Sam and her little sister Kyra were sitting at their desks, looking busy with their homework. But when Sun looked closer, what she saw in Sam's papers were gruesome drawings of monsters and dead dolls. Sun couldn't shake off the feeling that something was way off. Later that evening, Sun approached Sam's bed to say goodnight. As she leaned down to kiss her forehead, she grasped in horror. Next to Sam on the pillow was the same creepy doll head she had found earlier, the one with blacked out eyes. Sun's heart raced as she reached into her pocket where she put the object earlier, only to find it empty. The broken toy had mysteriously made its way onto Sam's pillow. Over the following weeks, Sun discovered more evidence of Sam's disturbed state. She found tortured doll parts scattered throughout the house, each one more distorted than the last. Limbs ripped apart, heads twisted unnaturally, and bodies mutilated beyond recognition. It was as if someone or something was delighted in tormenting these innocent toys. When questioned about the incidents, Sam would simply say, Samantha made me do it. Her trembling finger pointed to the doll head, which she had given the same name as herself, Samantha. Sam claimed that Samantha was the one controlling her actions, compelling her to carry out these depraved acts. Sun's anxiety reached its peak when she heard Kyra's terrified screams echoing throughout the house. Panic gripped her as she sprinted towards the source of the distress. Bursting into the room, Sun found Sam with Kyra trapped in a headlock. Sam's eyes were covered in a magic marker, mimicking the same eerie blackness as Samantha's. Sam was treating Kyra like one of her dolls, attempting to pop off her little sister's head, acting on pure instinct. Sun summoned all her strength and forcefully separated the two girls. Sam was thrown backward, slamming into the wall with a sickening thud. Blood oozed from the wound on her head as she laid motionless on the floor. Paramedics arrived swiftly, rushing Sam and Kyra to the hospital for immediate medical attention. However, when Sam regained conscience, her memories were fragmented and distorted. All she could utter was a chilling phrase, Samantha made me do it. The authorities were called and an investigation began into the disturbing evidence that had taken place within Sun's home. They searched every inch, collecting the remnants of the shattered dolls as evidence. Yet, no matter how hard they looked, they found no trace of Samantha, the malevolent force that had seemingly possessed Sam. To this day, Sun and Sam remain haunted by the memories of those weeks. The shattered dolls, the chilling whispers of Samantha made me do it. 
the inexplicable disappearance of the doll's head that initiated the nightmare. The events left them with a lingering fear, a constant reminder of the darkness that can reside within the most innocent of things waiting to be awakened by an unsuspecting victim. This week's podcast stories were edited by Sarah Lukasiewicz, Janine Pipe, and Stephanie Strange. Narration by Blair Bathory and Stephanie Strange. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Additional audio editing by Calvin Linderman. Art and graphics by Irma Richardson. Produced by Anna Villalobos. Executive produced by Gail Gilman. Music by Sapphire Sindalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarl.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my spooky friends, sweet screams. <laughs>